Welcome to the Brothers Podcast. They the Brothers, J Boogie, World Tour, LG The Voice are joined by Mr. Wallace to discuss moving into a new environment and have a discussion on gentrification. Stay tuned, everyone. to the Brothers Podcast today. I'm joined by Jay Boogie. What's up? Happy Father's Day, fellas. Mr. Wallace, what's up? <clears throat> uh, LT, the voice, what's up? Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Mr. Wallace, you still on mute? I apologize. My, my daughter needed something. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Happy to be here. World Tour, what's up? going on baby happy father's day to my bros you already know brother mel what's up still muted brother mel oh shit happy father's day hello talk about moving into a new environment um World Tour, we moving into. Have you ever moved into a new environment? Yeah, man. <clears throat> you know, I just recently did that. I've um, mm-hmm. been out here in what, July, make three years. I've been in a new environment, man. Moving from Brooklyn to um Atlanta. So you know, it's 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 a real thing, man. It's a culture shock, man. But you 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 go through these things and these differences because the back of my mind, what was the main thing was quality of life. You know, I, uh, we grew up a different way. You know, I grew up in harm's way, so to say. And now I'm able to um, live in a neighborhood where my kids don't have to be sub- subjected to um, all the violence and drugs that was in the neighborhood where I grew up at, you know, like, as it is today. So, like, that was the main reason for me, you know, moving out of town and to, to a new beginning, so to say. <clears throat> Mr. Wallace. Um, on uh, moving to a new environment, uh, well, I've been moving around since I was like uh, 13. When I moved from Brooklyn, uh, my mom's moved up to White Plains. And um, that was that was a culture shock, right? It was, just, it was a totally different way that people were growing up. And it was only like, like an hour away. You know what I mean? Um, and then I moved to Atlanta when I went to college. I went to Morehouse. Um, then I moved to Miami. Uh, I think like when I when I got to college, I um, I started to enjoy moving to different environments um, because I was exposed to different people from a lot of different areas and different backgrounds, and um, you know, opened my eyes to a lot. And I got I got addicted to it. Like I like it, you know. So um, I've always I've always been kind of like a nomad. Um, until until I had my daughter, I was you know, I, I love moving to new environments, checking out new places, and um, you know, really getting getting down with the natives. 
LT the voice. <clears throat> well, in my opinion, a new environment, it could be more or less with another person living in a house too. Um, rules are rules, stuff are set different. But as far as a new area code, zip code, a new state, I'm open to that because a lot of things seem like it'll be easier, like to go out of state to get a job, depending on your status and what you can do. And a life down, like for example, Georgia, it may not be more expensive as it is living in New York or any other state. Because I, I traveled around different states. I done, I done been to Canada before. And, and moving around is a good thing. The air is different. When you come back to this, what we call New York is the life, the place that never sleep. If you're in a certain area, you may think it's a shithole depending on where you live at. Brother Mel. Jay Boogie. Yeah, man, for um, shit, bro. For 20 years of my life, I moved around um, being in the military. So um, it was always it was always an adjustment and adaptable uh, moving to an adaptable environment um, because I moved around so much being in the military. So uh, I found nothing wrong with it. Um, you know, an experience like Mr. Wallace had moving around a lot until I finally got to my last assignment and decided to retire in Virginia. But, you know, it, it's it is something that people are afraid of, which is change. But sometimes people don't realize that change is good for you, um, moving from where you come from to, to where you plan on going. Because, and I think ultimately people people choose to move around a lot because of goals and things that they want to do with themselves. And so obviously that was the same thing for me as I continued to progress throughout the military. I moved from place to place to place as I grew uh, with inside the army. But, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I've been moving for 20 years of my life. All right, Mel. <clears throat> Mel, you still on mute? All right. So, um, yo, world tour. So, um, so, how many times have you moved around? Well, uh, just current. It's my first time moving out of state. Like, you know, I moved. A couple of times living in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I grew up even before me, like my mom's used to live in different places, Coney Island and the Star. But I grew up primarily in Farragut Projects and downtown Brooklyn. Then I moved to Sterling between Ralph and Howard, you know. And as I got older, got an apartment over there on Sutter between Tapscott um, between Sutter and Blake. So that was a different experience. Like, and then I got an apartment on St. John's between Schenectady and Troy. So every time you move to a different block, definitely within Brooklyn is always like a different vibe, a different culture, so to say, within that block, within the neighborhood you've been living in. So, you know, I bounced around a lot. Um, as far as in Brooklyn, those few spots, but then I make the move out here to Georgia, man. It's been smooth sailing ever since. What was your first impression when you 
you know, when you're young and you move from, you know, Farragut to to um, Sterling, what was your first impressions of it? Oh, uh, the first impression, it was it was different. Like, I want to ask you this: How did you feel when your mom said we moving from there? Huh. And then, how did you feel when you first moved or got to the area? Got, got to the area, it felt it felt different. Like, I knew like because like sort of say in the projects, you know, I'm living in a 14 story building, so it's like a fortress, so to say. Like, so we looking at it as that's like a barrier from the outside world. We in our building have it, and it's our own world within our building. So now when I moved to the back blocks, Sterling between off and Howard is everybody. And then I was in the green door. So as soon as I walk out my door, I'm on the street. So it was definitely different, a different vibe. It was a lack of familiarity. And it was just like, the block was filled with bullies. On a black, you know, my shout out my nigga black. <laughs> I used to see black bullying niggas for their lunch money early. It's like it did juicy and scooter and them niggas like it was skeeter and them niggas. It was a lot going on. <laughs> then you had white war troublemakers. It was a lot of different sets. And I was used to like because in my building in Farragut, like I grew up, it was 20 of us around the same age. So you know, we we, we had a little army. So now I'm out here basically dolo, having to get, get to know the situation, who's out here, and then get familiar with you guys, the guys that's on the block already. So it was life. It's the transition. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Wells, how many times you moved around? Um, like different areas? Or are we talking like, uh, like LT was saying, different like environments? Like different areas. We're going by the area. Um shit. My first move was to White Plains, then to Atlanta, uh, then to Miami. Uh, a few like spots in between, but those are my three major spots. So my um, question is like, like I'm gonna ask Taurus, like when you when you move first moved to somewhere, how did you know you was moved? Did your parents tell you you was moving? And then how did you how did you feel? And then when you got there, how was the transition, your first move? Well, my first move when I was when I was young, um, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able to interpret a lot of things as a mature individual. Um, you know, I mean, I was thirteen. My parents just got divorced, um, and it was kind of like when they were splitting everything up. You know, they moving shit out of my crib. My pops was taking his shit, and then at the same time, it was like, "All right, well, y'all coming with me." My mom, you know, what I mean, to me and my brother, like, "Yo, y'all coming with me." And we can move to White Plains. So it was kind of like a whole lot of shit was going on. Um, I wasn't feeling it at all because, you know, World Tour can remember, like, this is when, you know, the baby Gambinos had just started. And, and I was really in that frame of mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be out with my niggas. And, you know, like I got my little crew now. And, you know what I mean? I didn't want to move. That's where I grew up. Um, but my brother, who's two years older than me, he was really fighting my moms against it, like, verbally. And um, I remember not wanting to see her, you know, have both sons against her, you know what I'm saying? Because I know she put everything into the move. Um, so I remember just just rocking with it. Um, and when I got there, I tried to be a fucking tough guy. You know what I mean? I was a little bully for a minute because the niggas were there soft, you know what I mean? Like, compared to where we grew up, it was a different environment, you know what I mean? Like, it was, you know, like I went to school and they had a whole deli 
you know, I mean, like for 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 kids our age, like you know what I'm saying, like yo, order what you want. You can order a sandwich. They got hot lunch, like mad shit. It was just just a different environment. So I was getting that niggas when I first got out there. Um, yeah. What about you, LT the Voice? <clears throat> when you, you when did you make your first move, like from where you um originally came from to where you grew up on around around the way? How did you? When when they when your mom told you you was moving, how did you feel? And when you got to the area, how what did you think about it? <clears throat> well, this is going all the way back to third grade. My biological mom, she had issues, drug issues. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm gonna keep it hundred. Which my mother that take care of me right now is my aunt, which is her sister. You know from being changed from school to school was was a new thing. You know, I had to learn everything over from being in third grade, you know, because they put us in a system after a while. So that transition for me was hard because I was used to living in Queens or when I was born in Queens because that's when my mother had moved us from, from Brownsville to Queens. And then when issues happened, we had to move back to Brownsville. So from from that transition, it changed. It's like, oh, now I'm a new kid in a new school all over again, third grade. So stuff started popping off because I had certain gear that they didn't. So a lot of times they tried to bully me. I was the one that used to sit there and fight five or six niggas with a belt buckle. They're like, you not taking what's mine. I'm going to fight for mine. So that transition as a kid, it's a little bit harder than you transitioning when you're an adult. But kids will be kids. So it's like a lot of times, oh, a new kid gonna get picked on, you know, we gonna try this dude, see what he about, da 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 But a lot of people didn't know, I had a brother named Dennis, and he was the one that was the little gangster one out more in the streets than I was. So, he kind of fit in a little bit more because mischievous things and all this other stuff. But when I got older and started moving on and when I got my job maintaining my own crib, I felt good about it. Like, yeah, I could accomplish something. I mean, ain't nobody looking at you when you're older. Oh, what you got to do with this and what you got to do with that? It's like everybody's out here to, to achieve a goal. So a change is good, like Jay said. A change is good. A change could be better than what you think it is. You know, people got to move up and elevate themselves in their lives. Can't always hold on to the stuff that was bothering you inside. Like Torres said, he had to learn. And, and you know what I'm saying, with the bullies and all that. That's everywhere you go to, you get a certain age and know how to carry yourself as a man or as a female. Yeah, I think um, what guys muted, man. But yeah, man, shit is crazy. Man. I'm back. I'm back. So Jay Boogie. <laughs> 
I was kicking. I was fucked it up, man. I realized I was muted. I, I got I got my LT the voice moment. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> but Jay Boogie, like when you when you first moved that night before you was leaving and you was moving, how did you feel, man? And then when you got there, how 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 um because you know you grew up where you was at for a long period of time. So when you was leaving that night before, and then when you actually got there. How, and was there any anxiety? And if so, yeah. how did you feel when you first got there? Yeah, because because my my move was a little different than probably everybody else's because mine's was voluntary. Is when I left to go to the military after I graduated high school. But uh, yeah, it was a little bit of anxiety, but it was it wasn't too much because it was something that I wanted to do, and I knew that I was going to do it. But at the same time, it was like I know I was leaving my mother, and my brother, and sister. Um, but I really didn't. As crazy as the shit sounds, I I didn't really think too much about it because I knew I was. I was going on to do something that I had a desire to do. So, you know, it was, it was different. It was like the first time I ever flew on an airplane. So I had to fly to Oklahoma. Um, and obviously, you know, being 17 from Brooklyn and then going to Oklahoma, it was like eye opening. Granted, you, you know, you're not exposed to the outside of Oklahoma city in itself. Um, but because I was, you know, confined to a military base, so to speak for training, I wasn't there to live. I was there just for training. So it was a little different for, for than, than what everybody else experienced. I had a little bit of anxiety leaving my mother, but at the same time, I knew it was voluntarily and it was something that that wasn't forced on me. So I was able to do it and make the transition relatively easy. Okay. So World Tour, what's the most what's the most um, challenging thing about moving into a new environment? Uh, it's definitely it's the um, it's the culture shock, man. It's you used to definitely be from New York. We used to fast-paced, hustle, bustle, get it done. And if you can't get it done, figure out a way to get it done. And basically, we move fast. Now, so down here, it was different. It's a slower pace in a way, and not in a bad way. They just move different. They think different. And it's, um, out here, is more you you help more accountability with as far as with the law and the state and how things operate in the south is totally different like in new york we have a lot of crutches you see some people that live out in new york and never pay rent and then pay rent 10 years that would never happen out here unless your house is paid for you know so that's true that's true 100 right bro people got 10 dollars rent and backed up on it yeah, out yeah, here in like New York, that. like for real, like for real. Yeah, but it 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 goes it's a long way. Is the you know the way people talk, the way um the customer service is different. You know what I'm saying you like and it's 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 a lot of things. Like you gotta basically you gotta read the room. You gotta have that know how to understand where where you could be getting played in a situation or. You could be taking somebody could be making you go out of your way for something that you know you don't have to do. It's just a lot of things, man. So it's just like you just gotta be aware and on top of your your game and know what you know and stand firm on what you who you are and what you into. Mr. Wallace. <clears throat> Sorry guys, um, what was the follow-up? What is the most challenging thing about moving into a new environment? 
Um, I would say maybe accepting the um, the culture of the environment. Like I remember when I first moved to Atlanta, it was a little hard for me to to, to adapt to uh, the Southern way of doing things. Um, like, I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but it's like, you know, in New York growing up, you grew up broke. You know, you can go out, you can make, you know, 50, $100 and, and come back and be all right. Uh, down here, you know, you wake up broke. You know, you could plan to have some money next week, but ain't no, ain't no fast hustles out here. It's not like, you know, it's not set up like that. Um, I agree so, with you, bro. So, like, for me, like, those kind of transitions were, were like, the hardest. You know what I mean? Like, getting acclimated to the local culture um, rather than trying to influence, you know, my culture. LT I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that for the simple fact. Um, you know, I sell, I still hustle DVDs. A lot of people may laugh because oh, everything's on their phones. But up here in New York, a lot of people living in shelters. A lot of people don't have the money for Wi-Fi and cable, and they rely on DVD players. So that's a little hustle for me where I can sit there and go outside and make a hundred something dollars a day just for selling DVDs. And that that's not even going on my my job that I'm working at the at the um black owned car wash where I can set a table up and sell whatever I want to sit there and sell for whatever price I want to sell at the black car wash because people gonna buy towels, people gonna buy little little um air fresheners and stuff for their car. So yeah, I understand what you're saying 100% about that. Cause I did bring my little PPE and my DVDs when I came up there to Atlanta. I'm not even gonna lie when I came to Georgia. I did have my shit, but you know, it was a vacation. Ain't nobody was looking at no damn DVDs and shit like that. So I understand. So LT the Black Go ahead. Nah, nah, go ahead, go ahead. I heard somebody. Nah, that was me. So I was just going to say they got DVD boxes out here in Georgia. You heard? Oh, yeah, like, I already know because my man told like, me they got some um other like uh, something machines, else for like something dollars. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the yeah. red box. He told me about that. Red I told yeah. him, I told, yeah, we, we got a little connect. I'm going to sit and get a fruit, a fruit sent up here and I'm going to bust them out up here. You know what I mean? He going to send a fruit. He going to send a fruit to me. Damn. But yeah, the red boxes just like they, the red boxes just just like the wop um the um fire sticks. You press for a movie, you get something else. It's, it's almost the same thing. So LT, what's the challenging thing about moving into a new environment? <clears throat> Getting to know and to fit into your surrounding. As long as you know. It it'll be easy if you if you have a stable job. Don't just run into move into a whole new environment because, like I said, when you get older, you know your goals, you know what you're reaching for. So it won't be no slack in that. It'll be a whole different atmosphere, and it'll be more people that you may get along with, or you may have one of them neighbors that's still stuck in their ways and being racist, and you know. So sometimes you got to be cautious when you do move into a new area, even as an adult, because it's, a, it's haters everywhere. 
So you can't just pick up and say, oh, I'm gonna move over here and think life is gonna be fine, fine and dandy. Because that's not also true. You're gonna have trials and tribulations no matter where you go. You have to set tone within yourself to make sure you know what you're doing and maintain it. So it could be easy and it could be hard. It, de it depends on the individual. And if you came from a place where you didn't really have much, but you know how to value what you have, you'll be good. As long as you value what you have and respect what you have, you should have no problem. Because if you respect yourself, you'll get respect. And, and that goes a long way. You got to respect yourself first before anybody can respect you. So you can't go out looking for a handout thinking, oh, somebody's going to do something nice for me just because, no, you have to respect yourself first and, and, and put priorities in order. So you have to set everything up before you do move, in my opinion. Can't just pick up and go and thinking everything is going to be um, fine and dandy. Jay Boogie, what's the, yes, most what's the most challenging thing about moving into a new environment for you? Well, I mean, for me, my first move, literally going to live somewhere, was moving to Germany. And so the hardest thing about that was understanding culture, understanding language, and then basically being a fish out of water. Um, because, you know, I didn't do any, I mean, when I found out I was going to Germany, it was December. I moved to Germany in January. So it's not like, one, I had time to do research on it, but it was, it was really trying to understand the culture, the European culture, and particularly Germany, and then trying to figure out things that I was gonna encounter while I was there. And then trying to learn a new language to at least be able to communicate when I was on the economy. At least living in the States, you go from place to place to place, you know, there's no language barrier. There's really no culture change. It's, an, it's a change in the, in the atmosphere, which you're moving into because of, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's, it's, um, it's incestuous when you move to different neighborhoods. Like Tor was saying, you, you kind of like a fish out of water moving from Farragut, moving to Sterling. It's incestuous because everybody over here is, they got familial ties, so to speak, and um, you're coming in to try and figure it out. Moving to Germany, I had to figure out language, culture, what, what's the proper thing to do? How do you greet people, et cetera, et cetera. So that was okay. And then, I mean, I survived because I was young enough to, to, to be able to do it. And then obviously being from New York, the one big thing about all of us is that we have the ability to adapt to any environment that we move to. It may take longer for some of us when we move to certain environments, but we, we have that adaptability. And I think that's what makes New Yorkers so unique because of the 100%, environment. Right. Um, 100%, so when I moved right. to Louisiana, yes, when I moved to Louisiana, it was, it was the, the part about that was like, okay, growing up in New York, niggas don't get driver's licenses. So I didn't need a driver's license in Germany. I got a European driver's license, but a European driver's license is no good in the States. So, of course, I had to get a driver's license, move to Louisiana. But again, it's the deep south. You know, you had to deal with racism, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, it, it was it was nothing that nobody can cannot overcome. But it's about the adaptability that we all have when we move into a new environment. But for me, moving to Germany was the hardest because it was language. It was driving. It was food. It was culture. It was music. It was everything. And so that's what made it really difficult. But it was probably the best time I had in 20 years in Army. World Tour, what's the best thing about, in your opinion, about moving into a new environment <clears throat> for you? Well, for me, <clears throat> for me, I'm going to say 
a new beginning. Basically, um, just to, to relax and and to uh, gather my thoughts, so to say. Like um, like how Mr. Wallace was saying, basically in New York, it's, you can you make a dollar every day versus out here, you gotta plan ahead and make sure all your ducks are in a row. So with my mind state and how hasty I, I've been throughout my life, a change of pace was good for me. So that's why I feel like moving out of here, it may be a slower pace in some places, because like, I, I, I stand corrected, I said that earlier, because it may be a slower pace, but in some places it's just as fast as New York. I mean, it's the same shit going on in a lot of these inner cities throughout the United States and in places like Germany and of course like that. But um, besides that, the, the, the switching up of pace is, is something that I really value and give me time to gather my thoughts and not be always on go. I can relax and, you know what I mean, put my feet up into that nature. Mr. Wallace, What's the best thing about moving to a new environment, in your opinion? Mr. Wallace, you're on mute. LT The Voice, what's the best thing about moving into a new environment, in your, in your opinion? Best thing about moving into a new environment is that you could possibly secure your own and set rules and boundaries and just get a, a breath of fresh air, depending on the states you want to live in. Now, if you're moving out of state, yeah, like like Tor said, you gotta put your rolls and duck. Um, you got to put everything. You got to put everything to order before you leave. And I put this on. I mentioned that, you know, like they said, it's easy to hustle in New York because everybody have a hustle in New York. And when you move out of state, and I agree with everybody, it's a whole different environment. You know, it's still a lot of racism in a lot of other states, so you do have to be careful where you go. Like when I used to travel to Mississippi. I used to travel to Jackson, Mississippi, and River Creek, Mississippi. Jackson was more of the city. River Creek was more of where the, um, the KKK was. You know, I got family all over. So I mean, it depends on where you want to where you want to be at, and, and how everything else is going to handle itself out. So. Moving to a whole new thing, it'll be easy if you know what you're doing. Jay Boogie, what's the best thing about moving to a new environment, in your opinion? Um, I think the best thing about moving into a new environment, man, is just it makes you come to appreciate other people's cultures. It makes you appreciate the way other people were raised versus how you were raised. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing you could take away from it. But it makes you open your eyes to understand that I mean, we have this mentality in New York that is, it is the be all end all. Um, and and it is, it's just the way we were raised and the way we think. But when you get into a different environment, you understand that that things are different. And it really, truly makes you appreciate it. It opens your eyes to other cultures, uh, other ways of life that people live. And I think that's really what it does for you. <clears throat> well, uh, Mr. Wallace, you back? 
So I'm gonna go back to Jay Boogie. Jay Boogie, how long did it take you to get acclimated to your new surroundings? Or whenever you move, you move a few times. So how long does it normally take you to get acclimated to your new surroundings? A month, some weeks, like how long? Yeah, it, it's normally a couple of weeks. I, I think Germany took the longest just because there was a language barrier there. But but you know stateside you know it takes a couple of weeks because you got to get a feel for your surroundings where you at again you know moving around from military base to military base you kind of you, you're kind of protected because you don't really live on the economy you really live on an installation but you also have to get outside of the installation to understand where you are what's around you what things you can and can't do you know areas you can and cannot go or you should and should not go uh, but it really only takes a couple of weeks you know as long as you have the resources and things to move around. And take care of what it is you need to take care of it it should not take people long to adapt to a new environment again it's a product of growing up in new york because it's something that is that's instilled with you that that you you adapt pretty quickly to a to a new environment and to me it's no different moving out of state you just have to change your mentality from thinking like you're moving around in new york versus you're moving you know out of state to a different state and you got to understand to towards point different laws how things work gun laws etc um you know wherever you decide to move to Mr. Wallace. Um, how long? Uh, and the first thing I want you to answer this, I want you to answer what was the, what was one of the best things about moving um, to a new environment? And then you can ask how long it takes you to get acclimated to that, to, a, to your new environment. Um, well, the best thing about I think going to any new environment is the exposure to to that environment, right? Like to that culture, um, which I don't know. I've always I've always really enjoyed. Uh, so that's been the best thing. Um, how long does it take? It really I think that depends on how willing you were to get into the environment. Um, but in my experience, maybe about about a month. You know what I mean? At max. You know what I mean? Before you, you know, you understand your local area. If you if you go out and explore a little bit, you know, you understand your local area where your local shops are, food and all, food and such, bars and all that shit. Um, but yeah, maybe about a month. But I say the culture, getting exposed to the culture would be the most beneficial thing for me when moving to a new environment. What about you, World Tour? How long it normally take you to how long it take you to get acclimated to your new environment? Yeah, man. It, it depends, man. You never know. It depends if you got is if things are going for you. Um, as a you know that of course more likely have you get more um more um satisfied with the situation, so to say. But if things aren't going for you, it may take a little longer. And like sometimes you'll get homesick. So like, but for me, it took it took for me to be away for two years and to come back to New York and then feel like, oh, nah, yeah, I'm definitely in a better place. So, like, it took, like, two years for me to really understand that where I'm at is a good spot. LT The Voice. How long does it take you to get acclimated to your new environment? Oh, me personally, I put that to my environment quick. For the simple fact, I'm always karma collective and I'm good under pressure. 
So if I do move somewhere else, I know how to handle myself. And I have a little bit, a little, a little bit stuff under my belt where I could go play some music somewhere or I just fit in because I am a people person. So I could find out some kind of information that somebody else might not tell nobody else for the simple fact of the way I would because I was brought up in the Bible. So everything the Bible tells me, I know I'm a receive. And I don't want to start getting biblical and, and, and religious on, you know, on the line. But yeah, the Bible speaks the truth. So what the Bible say, I try to follow. Because the Bible is basic instruction before leaving earth. Mm-hmm. That's what Bible is. So got everything in the book. Sit there and let you know what's coming to pass, what's going on. And y'all know I've always been in church, church, church. I done came home in a suit, went on a court. I came home in a suit. The team done had a fight. I'm coming home. Yeah, where you was at? You know, like little stuff. They was looking for me and somebody else. Yo, uh, 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 uh. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That comes straight out of Isaiah 54 and 17. So I live by the Bible. I, I try my best to continue to live by the Bible. Even though I may take a sip once in a while. But they never say Jesus ain't drink. He sipped some wine too. He made wine. But don't get messed up in your head when you don't know what you're doing. That's where you fall off at. So me sitting in a new environment, it would be easy for me. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, LT The Voice, for that. <laughs> you took us to church real quick, huh? Yeah, he took us to church real quick, man. He took us to church. So LT The Voice saying that no matter where he go, he always gonna have his Bible with him. And he's always gonna find him a church to go to and play those drums, right, LT? Amen. <laughs> and he's gonna, and he's gonna, and he's gonna drink the the whole the holy beer. <laughs> oh, man, you might say all oh, that is wine, but hey, they don't make it wine over. They got grape juice for us now. Jesus <laughs> was getting drunk. <laughs> So I want to talk about uh real quick um before we wrap this up, I want to talk about gentif- uh gentrification. What do you think about gentrification, world tour? Uh, it's you know it's like honestly, I look at it a couple of ways, man. Because you gotta um me personally, I like from uh neighborhood to be clean and to be organized and to be um, rid of crime and violence. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I like people to upkeep a 38-year-old man. Like, once upon a time, I was young and dumb and did crazy things in the same places that I live. You know? So, um, 
I say, you know, I love to say this. A lot of times, neighborhoods become gentrified, all that. But it, it looks nice to see things that look nice, you know, like, and I've been thinking growing up in Farragut, it's not thing. breaking that world tour. You break different. Up. Like, what's the condo? So, can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, you good, bro. Yeah, I'm good. I yeah, was yeah. saying though, like, what, like, what's the difference between the projects and these skyscraping condos they got in Dumbo? Like, it's the people and the, the way the people value their lives and value where they live. So, like, gentrification is not a bad thing if we were to um, up uphold our communities, up keep our communities. Um, we wouldn't have to really worry about that. Like, it'll be a nice place before they get there. And I'm just saying that because, you know, when you think of gentrified areas, all gentrified areas are nice. Nice bars, nice places to eat outside, doormans. I don't want to live, I don't want to have to get in the elevator and worry about who getting it on after me. Like, come on, quality of life. Like, you know. You right, you right. Oh, go ahead, LG. Uh, my fault. Now you right, Tor, because I'm going to answer this with the answer so you ain't got to come back to me. You want to be feeling safe and secure in your environment where you don't have to worry about watching your back. You know, you left that stuff alone and you don't want to have to keep going back. Oh, shoot. Oh, who's this in the hallway? Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. So that's understandable. 100%. I agree with that. You want to just go outside and really don't have to worry about nothing unless you get one of them crazed and deranged persons. And, and, and half the time out of state, it be the white people. And I'm not even going to sit there and make that a racist thing, but it be the white motherfuckers or the basically the non-black people that do stupid stuff out of state and, and be hitting up all these bars and shooting up all the schools because I haven't I haven't seen no black person doing that shit in, in such a long time. That shit want to just want to run up to the school with an AK-47 and do this and third. So you always still got to be cautious of your environment but as far as going home, yeah, you're safe. You know that the doorman got you. Everything is, you know, secure. So I agree on that. Mr. Wallace. Yeah, so um, which one we want me to touch on? Gentrification. Mm. What's your feelings on that? I mean... I don't like gentrification. I don't like gentrification, but I think it's inevitable. Don't think, hesitate. Speak your mind. Don't hesitate. Speak your mind, brother. So speak I, I your think, mind, brother. Yo, gentrification, I mean, the thing is, you know, because it works, it is because it's such a bad thing. 
right? It's like, if you have the foresight to hold on to, you know, cheap land in a fucked up neighborhood, um, without being, you know, bamboozled out of it, or, you know, somebody comes through, offers you like, you know, hey, yo, I'll give you 1.2 for your crib, you know, knowing that, you know, in three years, it's going to be worth 10.6, you know, like, it's, it's a lot, man. Mind-bothering, mind-bothering, sometimes you may need it. The thing is, honestly, honestly, it is so it's it's like you know on one end i don't appreciate the the fact that you know those neighborhoods those type of neighborhoods are being taken advantage of however at the same time you know i also feel like it's on each individual to educate themselves about the dangers you know what i mean every advance in life is going to come with its prejudice and you, know, you have to understand what you're up against you know you own property in a fucked up neighborhood, you have to understand what you're up against when you're going in. And right. like every other fucking piece of land in this country, when they come and try to build it up. You know what I mean? Right. And if you don't educate yourself to that and you get taken advantage of, is it really the person's fault that took advantage of you? You know what I mean? And then, but then it is because look what it does to the community. You know what I mean? Like, like, look what it does to the community for, for something, you know, like a tool, for something like money. You're willing to, to fuck up a community or, 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 you know, jeopardize a community's, you know, culture or whatever. And, and that's, that's what I don't like about gentrification. Um, you can't really believe it. Hold on, Spot. Hold on, Spot. Let him finish his yeah, point. Yeah, he's hitting on something. All right, go ahead, Mr. Wallace. You, you hitting on something. It's, it's, you know, I mean, but that that's my issue with it. You know what I mean? That's my issue with it. I, you know, I grew up in, in Fort Greene and that, you know, downtown is not what it used to be. You know what I mean? When I grew up, it's gentrified. You know what I mean? It's gentrified. Um, it, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, I ain't no other words for it. And uh, it didn't have to go that way. It didn't have to go that way if at the time we took a little more pride in our community. Right. Um, and I and I know a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Like places in Tennessee, uh, places out here in Georgia, it's like, you know, and now once they get in, now they get all the tax benefits and they get all the, you know, because they do it different because they've educated themselves, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, you know what I mean? Like instead of selling, and we just said, yo, you know what? They approaching you, they approaching you, they approaching you. Why are they approaching us? Let's figure out what the benefit is for them and see if we they can want to buy us out. It's like, and that's what I'm saying. It leads to a deeper thing. You know what I mean? And that's not their fault. You know what I mean? Like that has, that has nothing to do with that. Um, but I don't like gentrification, but I understand that the purpose for it. I understand why it's here. Can I LT the voice? You want something to say? Yeah, they trying to buy us out. If we stop being crabs in a barrel, it'll be better. Because every race I've seen contribute to their race, except the Blacks. Hmm. So if we had, 
that piece of the pie. The blacks, nigga, you mean us. And, and, the blacks, it's us. We, we the blacks. Yes, yes. If we had that piece of the pie, my bed, my bed just died out right now. He died out right now. I ain't worried about it. But yeah, if we could control what we have and stop selling out, we'll be all right. All right, you finished, buddy? Can't deal with this no more. Yeah, we can't deal with this no more. I might as well sell out. Ah, let me get this and just go. And you, you still finished? stuck because now you paying rent for somewhere else. Go ahead, brother. You, you got the floor, you soldier. Finished? Yes, sir. Right. So here's my take on gentrification. It's not a bad thing. Um, we have allowed the word gentrification to become a negative connotation within our community. And the reason we've allowed it to become a negative connotation within our community is because of lack of education. So to Mr. Wallace's point, could you be upset at the person that comes in to take advantage to gentrify the area? No, you can't. What we can be upset with is the lack of education that we get in order to avoid gentrification from happening within our communities. So gentrification is not a bad thing. I want my kids to be raised in an environment where I don't have to worry if they're gonna be snatched up, shot, raped, can't get home, et cetera, et cetera. These people that are coming in are capitalizing on the lack of education that we have. And it all boils down to the lack of information. At the end of the day, Fort Greene doesn't look the same. Downtown Brooklyn don't look the same. This place doesn't look the same. Is that a bad thing? No, not necessarily. How they did it, eh, that, that's out for question. It could, be, it could be really seen as nefarious a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're not educated enough to stop it from happening. And that is where the problem lies. So it's not a fact of selling out spot. It's a matter of educating ourselves to stop it from happening. Could we be a part of that process? Absolutely. Think about this, fellas. We don't mention names. We don't need to do none of that. Think about how many brothers in this neighborhood, wherever we grew up at, made so much fucking money off of selling drugs. Why wouldn't you pump that shit back into your community to make it a better place? Why? But, because but they're comfortable with it. That's the thing, Jay, real quick. It's that we don't value our community. We do not. We uh, absolutely do quick to get out. And that's the problem. It's like, yo, we want to replace everybody thinking about themselves. You know what I mean? Like make where you are better instead of replacing it. That's how you build value. And, and, and that's why, gentrified. and that's why you see certain areas being gentrified, you know, over and over again, because people are saying we we can capitalize on this from a financial perspective, from a capital investment perspective, we can make a ton of money. But yet we're, right. we're so comfortable with relying on the government to give us money. We're comfortable with that, right? You think about all the shit that's going on right now, all of the money that the federal government is, is doging out to people. Who wants to go back to work? Nobody. But guess what? The Chinese, the Polish, the Russians, the white people all saying, Let's invest in their communities. The federal government is going to continue to give them money anyway. And what are they going to do? Right, vote for right. Those people that They're continue buy to it. give you money. No, you're going to continue to vote for those people that are giving you the money so that you can continue to give them the money. Until we get smarter about this, it will not fucking change. You're right. Crabs in a barrel. But it's like we we're always are, thinking are, about ourselves. Well, maybe I'm wrong on that one, man. We're always thinking about ourselves. We are as us being a race. 
Yeah, but see, but see, but the thing is, it's not we're not we're not really thinking about our status. I mean, we're thinking about our status. We're thinking about how we look to others. We're really thinking about others. Because if we were thinking about ourselves, then yep. we can educate ourselves. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's what you do, right? Like, like I was talking to Tories the other day, you know what I'm saying? About about raising the minimum wage. You know what I mean? And I was talking, I'm telling them like how I'm against it, right? I'm totally it's against like, it. Yeah. And I was like, yo, because I, I, I studied economics. You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't make sense. You know, nope. for everybody's better that just doesn't make sense if you cost the living is not the same everywhere <laughs> he was saying exactly you know what i'm saying i mean he was like yo he asked a, he asked a, a great question you know what i mean so what do you do when you want more i said you do more if you want more you do more and our community to jason's point we are too comfortable asking for more for the same thing if you want more educate yourself and do more and then you will get more yep and then you can put more into your community but we are, I mean, we are, we, it's like we cry about being oppressed and then we mad that our oppressors don't give a shit. It's like, no, right. you know what I mean? And we're so focused on looking better than the next man that we afraid to look fucked up for a minute to actually better ourselves, to actually put ourselves in a different position. Indeed. You know I mean? like, like, and it doesn't take long. Just like any transition in life, if you focus on it, between between you know one and eight months, you, you can make the transition. It just takes right. discipline and investment and dedication. Yeah. And, you can either invest no, or you, you can know spend. better. <laughs> you know exactly. better, you would do better. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we're like, yeah, we want hours, we want hours. Just so we can look better to the next man, who also don't give a fuck. Because we prefer to spend, we prefer not to invest. Close the door. Close the door. And that's that's you know, no. And I feel like that's what we for sure. And that's what I'm saying to Jason's point. Like, not you know, are they wrong? No. You know what I mean? I mean, this is a a a loophole in the system that everybody can take advantage of. We're just not in a position position to take advantage of it, and we don't try to put ourselves in a position to take advantage of it. In my opinion, because we don't have enough people to probably back us, and we scared to go alone. Back yourself. Could, could I be right about? Yeah, you got to start with right yourself. About that? But yeah. if you don't start because with yourself, some people how can you are scared. Somebody else some to do people it. Scared. I'm the only, only one that come more here. Talk about church, church, church. I mean, coming in. But listen, we're not talking about church right now. I'm, this, I'm this just saying, start somewhere. This, this is an investment that starts with you. It don't start with the church. It starts with you. Th this is when the one time when you can say, I can make an impact. And once you figure out a way to make an impact, then we can make an impact together as a team. As a, It starts out as a block, as a community, as a team, and then you grow. This doesn't start with anybody else but the individual that believes they want to see a change. And you could sit, people will sit there and complain, this is fucked up, this is fucked up. And the only question I always ask people, what is the why? What is the why to why it's fucked up? Right. Look at yourself in the mirror. What are you doing? Michael what Jackson are you said doing it to first. rectify the problem? And this is, oh, and well, this, fucking right, the government going to send me more money. I'm good. And this is what I be saying. So it's like, yo, if I own a restaurant, right? And at 16, I mean, I'm flipping burgers, right? I own a burger shop. And at 16, the 16 year old comes in, yo, he want a job, he hungry, he know how to flip burgers, all right, I'm gonna give him a chance, right? 
And by the time he's 23, that nigga flipping the motherfuckers crazy, making the best burgers. I love it. He got his own spot. But he didn't, though. He kept working for me. And at 35, now he like, yo, can you pay me more? I, I'm flipping your burgers. And I'm like, nigga, it's a hungry 16-year-old. You staying in the same puddle that you was in 20 years ago, expecting more. Why aren't we educating ourselves? You haven't grown? Right, 100. You should have been, you ain't take no management classes. You, I mean, nothing. You could have been my partner by now. Yep. Had you educated yourself, had you done something except for waiting for my paychecks? It's just like a barber, brother, that works in a barber shop. If you still there 20 years later, we got a problem. Word. You ain't save up no money. You ain't make, you ain't do nothing. Yep. That's on you, nigga. Yeah, so Same I- on the world. Transformation. Transformation. So again, I, I just, smaller to, 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 to put a, Put a ribbon on my comments. I, I I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as an issue within our communities, but we have to get better educated on this uh, in order to help um, try and slow down the influence of other people within our community that don't look like us. And it starts with education. Yeah, Jay. Um, well, a lot of people would say this, is that one of the reasons why they don't like gentrification is because the rent goes up. Um, Places that were, you know, rent for rooms or apartments that was going for four hundred dollars is now going for to the access of two thousand dollars a month. So, what would you say to that? Um, I think I think people need to understand what inflation means, right? If people don't understand what inflation means, you won't understand why the prices of these. I mean, it's almost like saying the rent should stay stable for your entire life. That's humanly impossible because the economy grows, money grows. I mean, you talk about. Let's think about this. We want to raise the minimum wage nationwide. Why wouldn't they want to raise your rent nationwide if I'm raising minimum if I'm raising minimum wage? That's the impact. People are fucking stupid and don't think about this shit. If I raise minimum wage, why should I not raise your rent? If you're making more money, they have to make their money back. On top of that, when you look at inflation nation, I mean obviously the federal government controls the inflation, but but you think about all of the money that's been given to people, right? This economy is getting ready to fucking overcook, bro. I'm telling you right now, this economy is going to overcook and we're going to pay the price for it. But if you ask somebody right now that complains about the reason why the rent's going up and ask them what an overheated economy means, they probably couldn't tell you. And with the overheated economy, they're going to raise prices on everything across the board, meat, produce, living, cars, etc. I mean, this is the problem. That's true. Yeah. Everything is going also because um, considering the simple fact, rent went up before minimum wage went up. Everything was going up before minimum wage did go up. So people was struggling to try to find another job or to try to get a higher paycheck. So that did go up. Yeah, but when, it, but when the economy, when the economy at large is doing better, when the economy at large is doing better, you have to expect that. Yeah. And then when they gave everybody them little stipends and their little monies, what they went to do with it, they bought steaks, lobsters, stuff they ain't couldn't afford, and mm -hmm. they back to no paying no goddamn rent, and they people getting kicked the fuck so out. So who's to blame for that? And that and that's is that the blame the people coming into the area to gentrify it? That's what happens. No. When you raise, that's what happens when you raise minimum wage. 
But tomorrow, your point yep. about when the rent increases during gentrification. I mean, my, my father um is in commercial real estate, so I have a little bit of understanding about this. If before there was a there was a total investment of say three million dollars by, mm-hmm. by the state into this community from the city to this community, and now there's thirty million dollars invested from these private investors. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? The rent is going to go up because yep. the value of that area needs to go up. It's not worth $3 million anymore. Now it's worth $30 million. Yep. So if you're not in that bracket, you 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 out. You have to pay this amount of money because now the level Indeed. of investment is Indeed. way higher. It's not just coming from the city. That's what gentrification is. It's like now we're bringing yep. all these private investors into this area to to. to you know, multiply the investment by 10. I mean, the value goes up, so the rent goes up. Mm-hmm. You got to find somewhere else to live, yep. nigga. No, that's good, man. Well, I know how to heat this conversation up, huh? No, I mean, it's true because it's a, it's, it's like, um, oh, let me go to World Tour. World Tour, I haven't heard from him in a while. Your thoughts? He out there whipping that V right now, you're... Yeah, you see me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I was, I was soaking it all in, man. Like it makes, it makes sense, man. You know, like my thoughts. You know, I'm just, I was speaking from my, my perspective as, well as when it regards to safety and, and things like a more a better cost of living. I'm not cost of living, better quality of living. But uh, of course, the cost of living skyrocketed because I, I, I lived on a block that was that began to become gentrified and uh, I know they had, I saw the ad probably like in Craigslist and they was charging 1500 for a room. Got shared a bathroom in the kitchen, you heard? <laughs> so that's 1500 for a room? Are you crazy? That means they're getting about 4500 a month. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. You gotta, you gotta be bringing in some serious cash to pay that. I know that. So a lot of them do the roommates, and all of them have all uh, well, they have good jobs, and then you know they're chipping for the rent. But um, and of course it, it it drives people that can't afford out because on that same block, um, I overheard some lady, and I know for a fact she ain't working three years, and she had her apartment. She ain't work. She ain't have a job in three years. She still had her apartment, but on that same block there was a new um. Um, newly renovated building, $3,000 per month or whatever the case may be. So it's scary, man. I look at it a little different because I'm I'm not really there right now to really um to feel the effects of it, you know, because even like, like how you just was saying, like the heated economy and all that, uh, like that's been happening. Definitely, I noticed that after the pandemic, Cause I look at my lamb, I'm looking at it like it was $12.99 a pound, now it's $14.99 a pound. Like that $2 a pound is a lot of money. <laughs> so that's across the board, everything is going up. So it's it's scary, definitely. Like, and then what Mr. Wallace was saying about not learning, and definitely in that aspect, you're 100% right. Like, cause if it's that's like definitely with athletes too, like. You 36 year old, why well, would give you a hundred million dollar contract and this 16 year old? I could give him 10 million. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, this is a you know, this is a vicious world. There's levels to this life that we live in, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah, 
Right. So the thing about it is, is that, you know, when we look at gentrification, we always look at, you know, let's just be honest, you know, white people moving into black neighborhoods and then, you know, which caused a lot of things that guys was talking about. Um, the rent going up, you know, things in the food prices going up, you know, so that's how everyone looks at it. Um, you know, and it, it causes, you know, you know, the black people that cannot afford to stay there anymore, they have to move, um, you know, into another neighborhood, like another section, let's say the star, because best star is gentrified. You know, right now you see people, you see people, shit I never seen before is you see people running, people running in, in neighborhood niggas who sell fucking crack cocaine outside, gangbangers out there, they running, they running like it's like running out here like it's no tomorrow with their kids, you know, say a family of four. I'm like, where the hell am I in New Jersey or something? You know what I'm saying? Do you see dog shit all over the place? Cause you know they don't they don't clean up after their dogs and shit. So the thing is is that <clears throat> a lot of people see these things and they're feeling the effects and they selling, they're selling their homes and but where they're going? They're going to other neighborhoods in in Brooklyn um that are still crime ridden. So what would you say to that, Mr. Wallace? World tour. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's the that's the that's definitely one of the uh side effects of this this thing. Um, you know, the, the whole gentrification thing is that and uh, for a long time too, like, and let's not forget, we all know we all from we all fellow Brooklynites, so you know we hold Brooklyn at a high standard. But let's not forget early, like in my our high school years. Remember, they started shipping a whole shipload of people to the Bronx. I don't know if you remember that. Anybody go to the shelter, went to the Bronx, to the Bronx, to the Bronx, to the Bronx. Everybody went to the Bronx. So, like, they dumped a lot of people out in the Bronx. And you see how wild the Bronx is. Like, the Bronx is on the news all the time. Just was watching that with the dude with the running from somebody and ran in front of two little kids and trying to dodge the bullets, like it's crazy in the Bronx. But um, yeah, that's gonna be the side effects of that. You know, they're gonna dump everybody in the same hood or in the, or in the outskirts. And, you know, basically it's like what they do, like sort of like in Georgia, like if you, if, if you wanna get a, a house and own your own land and not, not pay a lot of money, so to say, to be very, very affordable, that you could do it on a minimum wage job or two jobs, then you're gonna be in a country away from civilization. So like, it's gonna either get there, you're either gonna be away from civilization in the country somewhere, or you're gonna be all packed in the same place, all in the same hood. So you're one of the two. Or you're gonna get it right and you're gonna, Basically, hold your own, keep your own, own your own, and, and, and flourish wherever you are. Jay Boogie, what would you say? Um, what what was the, what was the follow up, Mom? My bad, I had picked up at this game real quick. Yeah, so I say, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, it's. You know, it's, it's white people coming into the area, 
you know, taking over, um, causing the rent to inflate. And they have, they can no longer afford there. They have to sell. And then they're leaving, you know, let's say Best Offering, for, for example. And yeah. they're going to um, East New York um, into crime-ridden neighborhoods. So everyone's moving from out of Best Star because they can no longer stay there because of the inflation of the rent. And they're moving to, they all, everyone's moving to East New York and Brownsville because that's basically where all the black people is at now, you know? So what would you say to that? Well, again, I, I think it's, I mean, again, to your point, right? We look at gentrification, we say, oh, it's white people moving in the area. Yeah, white people are moving because they know that people are buying up the areas where, where it could be safer. It's not the white people that's moving into the areas that makes it what makes it gentrified. It, it is it is people that are buying up the property. It's the it's the Barclay Center that that affects you know a, a five mile radius of Brooklyn that causes inflation. These are decisions that were made by politicians first and foremost in New York to to get that that arena in itself built downtown, which caused a huge spike in people's rent living in Bed Stuy. And so again, I, to me, it all boils back down to education again, Ma. Like you don't know what you don't know unless you educate yourself. Not, not only that, but if you don't educate yourself and get yourself out there to get a skill to get off of the government system from the government subsidizing you with everything you do uh, in, order, in order to survive, this is going to be the situation. But I guarantee you, most of those people that are moving, those are people that are, that are living off of government subsidies. And it, it's just a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. The Barclays Center is, a, is, is the culprit of this ever since the Barclays Center was made it's became brooklyn has been like I said became the cool spot for a lot of people to be and a lot of people from you know manhattan you know have been moving to brooklyn um yes, sir. and that's been causing what you said inflation of the rent and like to to toss point as well um the people that's buying the rent it's not really it's not it, like you said it's not really the white people that's buying that's you know buying up the the property so to speak <clears throat> Cause that's not always the case, but it's more or less the white people that's moving into the area and who's able to afford fifteen hundred dollars for a damn room to share a kitchen and a bathroom. Black people can't mm -hmm. do that, you know. We yep. pay more like four hundred, five hundred dollars a month for rent for a whole apartment. You get what I mean? But yeah. since the, you know they come in, um, they buy it up, they they clean it up, and then they and it looks pretty nice, and then they charge for what they charge for it. And the people that can afford it can afford it. And the people who cannot afford it cannot afford it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes even people that's been there for years, they'll tell them, hey, we're changing the we we're gonna raise your rent up. We're gonna give you a amount, a certain amount of time to try to, you know, to get your your affairs in order so you'll be able to pay it. And if you cannot pay it, then you can you can be able to move out gracefully. And that's what's yeah. been going on, you know. Oh, indeed. Mm -hmm. indeed. That's what's going on. Hey, I'm gonna chime in on that for the simple fact. They want to move us out the area for the simple fact. We got all the trains in New York. People can get the behind and they can get to work quicker. And they ain't got to come from Staten Island and Long Island to get to work. So they moving them all the way over here and moving us out the area. That's what they doing. New York, New, New York is a state that never sleeps. So it's always work that needs to be done up there. But them people that got to travel from here to here all the mouths 
Yeah, they're going to move them up here and kick us out because they want us out. So this state will never sleep and keep making that money. It's all about me. You say they. Who is they? The others. The, the others? Yo, great, great job, Spot. <laughs> he said the others. This guy's this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it's no matter how you look that at it. That is the truth. That is the truth. If they knocked down 430, how many black people was living in 430? Now they yeah, filling my, up shit. You see all how, these how, other people how, coming how in, bad, in the how neighborhood. Bad was the, how bad was the crime? Yeah, the crime rate went down a little bit. Okay, uh, a so whole we, lot, tremendously. Okay, so what are we talking about? What's the argument? The argument is still going to happen because everybody got to grow up. So it's, it's going to happen all over again. Everything is reincarnated. And, and to be honest with you, they they moved a lot of people from the plazas and um, 430. <clears throat> they moved them to like Sheep Shad Bay and Glenwood, a lot of places over there. And Sheep Shad Bay, I've been out there. When I first moved out there, it was like um, a lot of, you know, white people out there when they moved, and it was a nice neighborhood in that project when they started moving everyone over there reverse gentrification i call it it's been crazy ever since so you know what i'm saying it's the people you know what i mean it's the people <laughs> it's the people um that's all i say about that world tour yo yeah man so I want your, um, you know, um, your final take on gentrification and moving into yeah. a new environment. Well, you know, um, you got to do what works for you. Moving into a new environment was a good thing for me and my family. I feel, you know, and it's just sky's the limit. As far as gentrification, um, as that goes back to, uh, of course, knowing if you knew better, you do better but also goes to, to ownership as well. You have to own something. You know, a lot of these people that, you know, like uh, how Jay was saying about that these people with the government assistance and all that, like these people own, don't own anything. So it's like, they just waiting for the handout or waiting for some, someone to place them, wherever the case may be. So like, it's a sad situation. Um, and then definitely the reverse gentrification as well. Like you dump all these dis disenfranchised families into decent neighborhoods or okay neighborhoods and they turn it bad. So, you know, it's, it's right. tough. Right, right. Yeah, because, you know, they, you know, they said inflation, but as soon as a lot of, you know, you know, black people move into so-called nice neighborhoods, the damn, um, property the damn property rate goes down um so you know that's that shit crazy but jay boogie what's your final take on this um my final take on it is that um you know again moving into a new atmosphere is 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 is, is a good thing right adjustment is good adaptability is always good change is good being stagnant is never good um if you're too comfortable and and where you are, it's, it's never a good situation because people become uh, very complacent when, when they're when they're very comfortable in their environment in which they live in. Um, and then as far as gentrification, again, to my point, 
I, I don't see it as a as an atrociously bad thing. I don't see it as egregious at all. I see it as an opportunity for us as black people to to educate ourselves a little bit better as, as, as far as it relates to gentrification. Get educated, get a fucking skill and get to work and, and stop relying on the federal government to provide things for us to 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 enable us to slow down um, gentrification and allowing others to what spots words the others to take over our neighborhoods when we should be investing in our own neighborhoods. LT the voice, what's your final take on moving into a new environment and gentrification? Mr. Wise, yeah, come back to me. I got a lot of noise. Okay, so um, world tour. All right, so this is the last one. So today is Father's Day. Tell me what Father's Day means to you. Wow, man, it means definitely. It means to me is. Going on now, it definitely means to me of uh, uh, you know being uh, a leader, provider to someone there to to mold and, and teach, pave the way for them to be a greater, bigger, better, faster, stronger. <laughs> but that's what a Father's Day is mean to me, man. Just continuing to, to nourish my kids and make sure they excel at whatever they want to do. <laughs> well said, well said. And Jay Bud, what does Father's Day mean to you? Yeah, man, Father's Day for me, man, is always a, a significant day for me growing up in a single family home, man, and it's an opportunity for me to provide for my daughters um, what, what, I, what was not provided to me as a young man as far as having a father. I had a mother that was strong enough that was able to, to provide us with both of those things that we needed growing up as a kid. But at the end of the day, it is to be a role model, a teacher and a mentor and be able to show them what is right, what right looks like um, and set them up for success to make sure that their lives are better than mine. All right, LT The Voice, you want your final take before we wrap up? <clears throat> yeah, this man just bought all the rosé at a liquor store. But yeah, gentrification plays a big role in everything, man. You gotta be strong within yourself to know which way you gonna go and take it. Yo, my man, yo, my man just dead ass. Yeah, he, he not, I ain't lying. Yo, happy you gotta protect day, yourself, man. Yeah, happy Father's Day, fellas, again. All my boys on the podcast. Where you at, Mr. Lou? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nah. Oh, shit. Jay. What's up, baby? Happy Father's Day, man. Yo, you just gotta be true with yourself, man. And keep right, everything man. going good, man. Because right. uh, this world ain't gonna give none to you. You gotta, you gotta stand up on your own, man. You gotta it's build a skill and do something, man. The government is gonna give you a hand. Yo, you gotta get that nigga some milk. <laughs> Yo. Yo, real quick, Yo. Molly. Yo, Molly, man, you, you, you wanted a great father too. What father day mean to you, Playboy? <sighs> father day mean to me. This day when your kids can salute you, man, for all the hard work you put in throughout the year, man. That's all, bro. You know what I'm saying? We don't get too much. We don't want too much. You know what I mean? A little appreciation never hurt nobody, even if, <laughs> even if it's one day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right, Jay Boogie, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Hey, yo, Ma. World Tour, thank you so much. You already Yo, know, baby. Molly, what's up? 
Yo, you know I love you, man, but stop, stop, stop using that um, the injury bug as a crutch for your Lakers. I ain't see Clay Thompson in two years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> LT the voice, thank you so much. All right, it's been another edition of Brother Podcast. We out. Yes, sir. Special thanks to Jay Boogie, LT the Voice, World Tour, and Mr. Wallace. That's a wrap for this edition of the Brothers Podcast. Love, peace, soul. Stay safe, everyone.